Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Should we explain to our listeners under 40 who Steve Gutenberg is? He was the biggest By the way, that's not our guest. Are we making, no, 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 it's not no our, guest. our guest is not Steve Gutenberg. It's the other guy who had a one-man show that I went to. <laughs> Man of the year, man of the year, man of the year. Welcome to the number one friendship podcast in the country. I'm Matt Ritter. I'm Aaron Cairo. Guys, we are so excited. We have a guest on today. And, you know, we always hear from you guys like, oh, we want tips. How do we make friends if we don't have any? Well, we have a guest who had no friends. And what did he do? Started a one-man show. Started a one-man show. A one-man show. Matt, you got, you're so excited about our guest that you forgot to plug. Manoftheyearpodcast.com. Get your merch. Get we got to sell merch. merch. We got to we we sell merch. merch. We got to sell merch. So yeah, guys, that's the answer. If you want friends, you just have to do a one-man show. I mean, it's probably, we say get off zero. He went way off zero. He went way off zero. It's a lot of work. Is that too much work to make friends? First of all, what do you define as a one-man show? Well, there was only one of him on stage. His was a classic one-man show. Okay. But I also went to Steve Gutenberg's one-man show, and there were four actors on stage. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> is that a one-man show? <laughs> Does he bill it as a one-man show? I mean, I think so. Dude, how to be an actor? Because that actor, you come in, you say one line, that's your whole night? Well, no. The other actors played Each, like uh, five. Oh, yeah. There were 200 roles. What? It was his whole career. Yeah, it's actually, it was pretty cool. Wait, was one of them Wilford Brimley? Diabetes. Nobody from Cocoon. Yeah, there should have been some actors in Cocoon. Should we? It was more like agents and managers and other actors and actresses that he engaged More with. below the line? Yeah, yeah, below the line. <laughs> <laughs> should we explain to our listeners under 40 who Steve Gutenberg is? He was the biggest By the way, it's not our guest. Are we making, no, 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 it's not no, our guest. No, our guest is not Steve Gutenberg. It's the other guy who had a one-man show that I went to. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Gutenberg was the star of Cocoon, Three Men and a Baby, the Police Academy classic, Diner. Uh, what am I missing? A oh, you say cocoon. Yeah. I don't know. I think that, uh, I think that, that pretty much covers yeah. it. Yeah. Short circuit? Short circuit. Yeah. Yeah. Both short circuits. Yeah. Uh, he, he had a really meteoric rise and uh, saw his one man show in the Hamptons. Then it made me think, what other one man shows can I see? <laughs> <laughs> so Gabe Malika, he's a New York comedian. Uh, we got to see his one man show when he was in LA. 
I think it was still sort of in the test runs. Yeah. Uh, it's hilarious. And, you know, we'll let him tell it. But, you know, he woke up one day, turned 30 and realized he didn't have any friends, which we've been talking about this for over a year. Uh, and he wanted to explore that and see this comedic, you know, one hour, one man, just him on the, on the stage talking about his friendship journey. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's let's uh, play the interview with Gabe Malka. Let's do it. Gabe, thanks for Matt, doing this. Matt and Aaron, thanks for having me, man. It's nice to reconnect. Yes, thank you for having us at your show. It was awesome. It was really cool to have you guys there because the friendship space online, it's not like there's so many people. And when I started doing the show and we started calling it a show about friendship, people were like, have you heard of? And I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of Man of the Year. <laughs> People's <laughs> like friends' moms are sending this to me. I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, I'm on it. <laughs> my mom sent me the invite to your show before we even connected. That's so funny. Our moms want us to be friends. It's like fake. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I wanted to get into it. There's kind of the jumping off one for the show. You say you turned 30 and you realize you didn't have any friends. So I just want to call bullshit on that <laughs> right off the bat because this is something that, that Matt harps on all the time on the pod, which is that a lot of people come to us and tell us that they don't have friends. And when we, when we dig deeper, it turns out they actually do have friends. They just haven't talked to them, activated and reached out. And what would you what would you say that are you a liar or <laughs> you know it's it, it's funny it's as an artistic conceit it is people do kind of their ears perk up when you just or you're you know I look pretty affable people are like this guy seems nice what do you mean he doesn't have friends and I do try to explore this idea right like what does it mean when you say that and for me it was like hey my mom got sick and the bros in my life kind of didn't know what to do and so I take that as the jumping off point which is it's more of a question where you have to step back from your life and be like wait a minute. What are my relationships like with, with the men in my life? And that I think is just worth exploring. And the most kind of bombastic way to do that, even in my soft spoken way, is to just be like, I don't have friends. And you know that old Mitch Hedberg joke where he's like, uh, I don't have a girlfriend. I just have someone who would be really upset if she heard me say that. <laughs> it's like in this amazing joke that's how i feel about the show where like i would have people come to the show and be like i'm friends with gabe what are you talking about and then they'd be like oh i get what you're talking about now let's now at least we can have a conversation about it um i love that because actually the second we kind of push back a little on people i realize that they're saying it as sort of like a plea for help but like it is good. <laughs> you're bringing attention to something that there are millions of men saying out loud and they're saying it because they want to fix this thing that isn't working in their lives right now. So my, my, my follow-up question is, you've been doing this one-man show for a year where you've been basically putting out a, a, a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> Do you now have a better friendship circle or have some closer friends? What has happened since then? I'm, I'm very curious about that. So when I talk about the show, I talk about um... – my best friend, my, my oldest bro, I call him uh, Nick and Nick, when my mom got sick, I just like kind of didn't know what to say. And, and immediately was just like, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm so sorry. Like I'm, I'm so stupid. And he's not stupid. You know, like he just got a text from me and didn't know how to respond. And so I think one of the fun things about doing the show and talking about this very openly is that like Nick and I like talk on the phone way more now. And we've been going through like whatever family stuff or whatever her health stuff. And we've just been like, 10% more open about that stuff. 
And just that 10% difference, that turning of the knob of like, hey, man, like we can talk about this diagnosis. We can talk about like your uncle and the impact he's having on your family or whatever it is. Um, that's really, really helpful. And setting aside some time to have those face-to-face conversations. I'm sure you guys have talked about this endlessly, but like the shoulder-to-shoulder male friendship versus um, the face-to-face stuff, which is so valuable. And sometimes Nick and I will just be like, I'm going to come over and we're going to go out to dinner, which is a thing we would never normally do. Normally we just sit on the couch, we're next to each other, we're watching a music documentary, we never have to talk about our feelings. And I've been making a point now where I'm like, hey man, I just got to Brooklyn, meet me at a restaurant. We'll just have a face-to-face conversation. And suddenly things start to slip out because there's no TV. Mm-hmm. I love uh, that. I have a more important question than Matt's question, which is that, okay, you're doing this one man show so successful. Like, are you getting laid? Like <laughs> that's, you know, we're standups. <laughs> Matt's married, but you know, that's the whole point. Like, is it? <laughs> Anthony DeVito, my friend, the comedian was like, dude, you're doing this show. You're not going to get women sliding into your DMs. You're going to get guys being like, do you want to go to the Jets game? <laughs> and I was like, that is a very fair point. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm like, what I'm working on for my next show is just like, well, I'm miserable because I only want to do is like walk around and write stuff. And so I would like to make more time to like go on dates and like be a person. But I'm like, uh, I'm not that I'm not that fun. So like, yes, like every once in a while. Yeah, you should see who's sliding into our DMs. Oh yeah, it's you. Uh, (laughs) Right, right. You've become the monster you hate yourself. We're all sliding. We're all sliding. All (laughs) podcasters and comedians, all we do is slide. I I was going to say, I just wanted to stop you for a second. I love what you said about the 10%. Because we talk a lot too about saying thank you. It's a gateway emotion. We don't expect all of our bros to just suddenly like have a love fest overnight and so i think it's great for our audience to hear you say that like you guys have just gotten yourself 10 percent more opened up and that's been enough for now totally and and i also think that like at least the men in my life i don't want to speak in too broad of generalities but like they show their affection in different ways like i have a buddy chris redkin who I, I one time did a Riverside podcast and my Ram was shot and it just crashed. And I made sure I called him last night. And I was like, I'm doing a Riverside podcast. Can you help me do the tech stuff? And he was like eight o'clock at night. And he's like, I just finished dinner. I just washed the dishes. Like, let me help you out. And it's like, that's how he can show affection to me. Right. He's not going to be like, oh, my God, Gabe, you're so brave for quitting your job and doing comedy. He's like, hey, how can I help you do this podcast? <laughs> that's Cairo, man. Friend of utility. That's yes. right. You need a friend of utility. Um, so. Uh, one of the best things, uh, that we talk about in the podcast, one of our favorite sayings, best practices, we actually just stole, uh, from Matt's, uh, therapist, um, where Matt was having an issue with some of his, one of his friends and the therapist said, listen, friends aren't mind readers. And I we, use we it decided all... we weren't going to give her credit. And then I oh, was shit. Damn it. <laughs> you, you know, you're, you're, act, no, you're actually right now. We actually, okay, we actually had a conversation. Fuck. Should, we, should, we, should I say that again? <laughs> That's fine. Fuck it. Fuck it. Whatever. Um, so when your buddies kind of didn't really respond well, or let's say respond as you needed them to, to your mom's, you know, sickness, was there now looking back or, or even then, like, was there a part of you like, well, if I had just sort of told them what I needed, they probably, maybe they thought, well, he doesn't want to be bothered. Oh, absolutely. They're not mind readers, you know? 
not mind readers at all. And they're also like, it was a text, you know, like, it's funny to like, low, lower the stakes of my own show. But it's like, I sent a text and like, I had a mental breakdown over it. Like, I've totally flipped out and threw my phone and like, was totally outraged because my mom was sick and I didn't know what to do. But I just sent him a t an innocuous text that I didn't get the response I needed. And I kind of flipped out. So it's definitely on me. I think a lot of times there are there's just so much you can control. You know, and if Nick doesn't want to get a face to face dinner with me or he doesn't want to put in that extra 10 percent, it's like you can find somebody else who will want to put in five or six more percent. Like it's it, a lot of it is on us. And I the, my show is very external. Like I'm talking about other people and I put other people on blast. But like the undertones are like this guy just didn't ask for what he needed. <laughs> yeah, well, it is funny. You know, I've also been thinking about this idea that once you stop you know, you can try to make friends be the person you want them to be. But once you stop doing that, it's easier for you to appreciate them for who they are. Oh, and, we got a madism. Click yeah, that and put it on Instagram. Yeah, it's really because I do think it's really important to go, OK, I can either A, accept my friend for who they are and accept their limitations. And like maybe this guy isn't the person for me to talk to you about my sick mom. And that's OK. Or what you're saying is invest the mental energy elsewhere another friend that has the capabilities to do that a thousand percent i just had this conversation with my mom where like she was talking about my dad and she was like yeah like he didn't do x or y and i was just like you're going to the wrong store like that's just like they don't sell that there like you're looking for gourmet food at 7-eleven and like 7-eleven has everything but you're just not going to find that particular thing and that doesn't mean 7-eleven's bad yeah going to the right places i, th I think that's I think that's a, a thing that we can take ownership of as opposed to being like, I'm alone. No one wants to be around me. Uh, I have no friends where it's like, no, no, no. Like you can. And it, for me, it's not like I'm going to join a kickball league. Like I'm not that kind of person. Like I'm not that social. But for me, it's about like uh, cultivating these relationships and like just trying different people. Somebody was going to send me the right friendship text. I just, you know, I didn't go there. Yeah. We also talk about how it's lower stakes. People have like such a fear of this thing. It's not like dating. The rejection is much less. The hanging on to something, you can just let it go like much quicker than like, okay, this person's too busy for me, whatever. Just move on. Totally. The embarrassment. I mean, like, yeah, dating, like there's a sexual component. There's a social component. There's like, who am I being seen with component where a friendship, like the lower stakes is kind of like the nicest part about it. Where it's like, um, I read this friendship textbook with this guy, uh, Jeffrey Greif, and he like kind of like ranked friendships where he's like, there's must friends, there's trust friends, there's rust friends, and there's just friends. And he has this whole like theory about it. And I'm not saying write every person down in your life and rank them, but I am saying to know, um, to find, to, to have different categories of people for when you're looking for different things. I think that's totally fine. I have a question about just one man shows in general, because my, my, my standup is, was, is, is always sort of more storytelling based. And, you know, a couple people have said over the years, oh, you should try one man show. But I, like, what is like, do you, are you, do you do it at caught? Like, what is a one man show? You it's know, an like, amazing question. Yeah. I got inspired years ago. I saw Berbiglia as my girlfriend's boyfriend. And I was just like, oh, that, that's the only thing I want to do. And so um, I knew right away. So I was going to open mics, working on jokes about rice cakes and Taco Bell and whatever, <laughs> but also being like, how does this fit my narrative? Like, I want to do a 75 minute narrative. And so that's just what I like. I think I was raised on like those like Judd Apatow movies where it's like, it's really funny. But like the reason you care about Superbad is because of their friendship, right? Like who cares at a certain point, like the jokes in Superbad and the jokes in um, 
stepbrothers are all all equally good right but for me i want that compelling narrative and so i just started doing that and so i work out the bits at clubs like i'm 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 working out friendship jokes at new york comedy club but then i'm like oh this is secretly an open mic for this other thing so like do i do it at comedy clubs like kind of but not the whole arc uh, i'm not gonna do a 75 minute show because now we've added you guys saw like a limited version of it now there's like 130 cues behind me screens pop up there and we've turned it into theater and mm, so that's kind of like a whole that projection a value skyrocketed. Yes. Or does yes. he have a backer? Is he, is he sponsored by Mike Birbiglia, sponsored by Josh Edelman? <laughs> One day. You know what's funny? I We're doing we're, – we're, by the time people hear this, it'll, it'll probably have been over. But I, we're doing a show off-Broadway in New York, and my dad works in horse racing. And it's like raising money for a movie. So, like, I have all these backers. Not, I have four backers, and they're all just, like, horse racing people. So it's just like, Whoa. you never know who's going to – I have all this horse racing money. You're like, let it ride on Malika. Literally. Wait. Yeah. What do you mean your dad works in horse racing? Like, he works at OTB? Uh, I spent a lot of my childhood at OTB. My dad was a sports agent for jockeys when I was a kid. Um, wow. It was a very weird job. What? Yeah, yeah. So so I grew up like on the racetrack. So like if you know anything about horse racing, my dad had like Jose Santos and Chris Antley and Joe Bravo. Yeah. Wow. Um, and yeah, I know like I can go to the racetrack. The, the scene in Goodfellas when he walks into the restaurant and everybody knows him, that's my dad at every racetrack in North America basically. <laughs> Does your dad love that movie Let It Ride? He loves Let It Ride. He loves – he liked Luck on HBO. He was the one person who was yeah, watching that. Yeah, they killed nine horses in the production of that one. Yeah, he was like, yeah, they had to get rid of that. And now my dad my dad went to law school, and now he's a horse lawyer, which I think is going to be what? the name of my next show. I know. Isn't that weird? <laughs> wow, I want to talk to your dad. Wait, what do you mean? He, he represents like, like humane societies and shit? He represents a lot of people who like work on the racetrack. So like um, I work on the backstretch. I got hurt. You know, it's a lot of – Truly, it's a lot of people who don't speak English. It's a lot of immigrants. And he'll also represent, like, jockeys who get – like, in baseball, it's like, oh, he had pine tar. He got suspended for three games. He gets an arbitration. He needs a lawyer. Oh, jockeys and, are, uh, are pine tarring? What is, what's the equivalent of pine tar for a jockey? They're, they're riding recklessly. Um, they, they bump, you know – They bump. They're rub, rubbing his racing. Like in Days of Thunder, baby, rubbing his racing. Rubbing Matt, his racing. Matt, you realize is like, that <laughs> Gabe's dad is the, is, is – combines like excessive gambling and law this is like you're he should have been my dad <laughs> <laughs> oh you guys bet this is great i'll meet you guys at delmar well, my, dad was, like... my dad died my dad died in a casino with a 50 cent voucher in his pocket at world resorts in queens so wow yeah, yeah. oh god bless yeah again, Legend. Matt, you know what i just thought of <laughs> fucking one man show yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about the one man show too i want to follow up on that please I have this picture in my head of it being easier on some level for stand-ups because you're just lowering the bar for like having to have that huge laugh every 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I I, th I think that one of the things you can do more time more like like I did a new hour that's a new solo show and I was like I don't know if I have the time and then I did an hour and I was like oh that hour would not have flown in a comedy club but for a working it out solo show hour. But also it's kind of nice in that you give yourself more time. When I you start out jokes in New York, you're doing three minute open mics and you're like, boom, 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 boom. So I want my shows to be as funny as possible. But I also know if they're not, like the way I describe my show, it's like there's fireworks for the first 30 minutes. It's just like as good as any stand-up set, I hope. And then the, the laughs get a little bit further apart, but they get bigger because it's a story laugh, right? So we're building to like this big story, boom, big moment. Um, but I wanted again, I wanted to be, oh, like I saw Gabe do that material at a, at a club 
and it was great. And then when I saw it in the show, it all made sense to me. It's like, that's why he's talking about this stuff. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So are you still doing, quote, regular stand-up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still, I'll, I'll go to clubs. Um, I'll do, I'll do club spots all the time. Uh, all shows in Brooklyn, whatever. I'm kind of an equal opportunity person. But when I started, it was like the stand-up mics and the story mics. Cause in a story mic, you get seven minutes and, mm. uh, it's just longer amount of time. And so I want to be able to, you know, the old analogy is like, um, storytelling's cardio and stand-up is weightlifting where it's mm. like, high intensity, boom, 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 jokes is lifting. But then you want to be able to run the marathon, which is, I did the show the other day, it was 90 minutes. Like it got too long, but it just extends it because people want to know more details. I love you said the old saying that I've never heard of before. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of sayings. I know, yeah, Matt knows, <laughs> Matt knows every ye old saying. Um, is the show always the same every night? I really try to be very, very present. And so, like, if we need to riff about something, I'm okay with with um, acknowledging stuff. The other thing about having done it all over the country now is you notice different cities have different um, things that they like more. So I'll lean into those. So, like, in New York, they love the theater references. In L.A., I referenced uh, Little Miss Sunshine, the movie, and everyone was like, hell yeah, movies. And I was like, oh, of course, we're in a movie town. In Pittsburgh, they were like, oh, the drinking story is my favorite. Or like the kids with disabilities yeah. stuff we loved. And so when I know that on stage, like, and I'm like, oh, they're, they're loving this thing. 
oh, I'll lean into that even more. So yes, I try to be, I'm, I'm not a robot. I'm not reading off a teleprompter for the most part. Before we let you go, I just wanted to ask, um, what would you say is the best thing that happened, you know, from this whole experience? I mean, what, what is, if there's one thing that just has sort of changed for you or insights, just something that's, or just, hey, I just got to go on this show or meet these cool people or whatever. Obviously, other than this being on this massive podcast. Yeah, this is sweet. This is really sweet. Um, my favorite thing is after the show. There's no mystique about me. I'm not like, oh, no, don't find me. Like I am I walk, grab my backpack and walk outside and I talk to people and I will stay there for hours and hours and hours. Like I've stayed till midnight before, just like just chatting with people. And that's why you do the show. You know, um, you don't you don't do it for revenge on the people in the show. You don't do it to have the last word. You do it to connect with people. And it's the same reason you guys do this podcast and you get messages and stuff like that. But one of the, as you guys both know, as live performers, people are, people want to engage with you. Um, and I was, I mean, I was just on This American Life, which was very cool. And I've been getting a lot more messages and a lot more people interested in seeing the show. Um, and so that's a, that's a gift and a blessing, but it's like, I was already getting that. I'm just increasing the scale. Um, so the more people who want to talk to me, I'm happy to talk. Well, to our listeners, you got to go see his show. It's it's heartwarming. It's funny. It just makes you think, especially if you're a guy who's in this zone of your 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever it is. But you're just like, man, how did I wake up one day with no friends? Right? Because that's the realization you had. And it's shared by so many of our listeners and so many people out there. I think it's just that's why it's resonating. And that's, you know, that's why we had to get together. Right. That's what brought us together. This notion that like this is a fixable thing if you just have to put a little thought into it totally and 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 for men in general we probably could use a little more thoughtfulness but i get messages from all types of people of all every gender every sexuality people are like oh yeah i know what you're talking about like i have that relationship with a guy or with my girlfriend or whatever Uh, and so that's been really satisfying so yeah chicago at christmas i'm doing five shows at the den theater come check me out Amazing. Gabe, thank you so much. The show was great. Everybody should check it out. That was great. That was like a one-man show on Zoom for yeah, us. Yeah, and I, I like that we're, we're engaging with other people that are focused on this issue of improving your social fitness. Wow, you know how I feel friends. about that. Yeah, Kara originally. <laughs> no, originally it was like, no, we're the only friendship people in this space. And I'm like, no, there's room. There's room for more. I go, no guests. That's and, my only yeah, rule. No, no guests. guests. He goes, no guests. And I go, well, I have Phil Rosenthal lined up. He goes, okay. I, All right, fine. We'll get fine. But that's typical <laughs> K-Row, Matt. I go, no guests. And it's a hard and fast rule. And you chip and you chip. Yeah. And now I'm like, All right. Yeah. The Velvet Bulldozer. So what I love what Gabe said, I think he, he said something like he was going to his friends for certain uh, intimacy, vulnerability that certain of those friends just couldn't provide. He said, you're going to the wrong store. They don't have that in stock. Right. They don't carry that. What do you think about that? So I think I have one opinion is I totally agree. And I've always talked about this thing of like letting go of trying to make your friends yeah. something they're not and appreciating them for who they are. If you can, if you can just appreciate them for the guys you play fantasy football with and not talk about, you know, deeply, personal stuff. But I think our goal is if you do have friends that you value and you just haven't been vulnerable with each other, I think we're trying to crack that nut. So I have two feel. What are are your thoughts? Different folks for different strokes, right? If you were having a certain kind of issue, you know there are certain kind of friends you go to. Right. 
Now, the problem is if there's, if you have friends you can't go to with anything. Right. Well, he was basically saying I had this group of friends and nobody was there for me when my mom was sick. But I, you know. But he also didn't communicate that. Yes. He just, just texted say. them. Right. Right. He just, you need a little bit more than a text. It's, right. it's friends aren't mind readers. Right. You do need to communicate a little bit to get what you want. Right. You need to be the friend, but you also need to be more vulnerable and I also think relationships aren't always 50-50. They're never 50-50. So sometimes you have to like go out on a limb a little bit yourself to get the thing that you may want. But again, you know, when you say going to the wrong store, I think like if these are your core friends, it's either one of two things. Either you're going to the wrong store or, you know, you need to express that, hey, I, I want us to have a relationship that's at this other level, which I think men as a whole, we're trying to improve that whole thing, right? We're going to, we're saying, Hey, it's not okay to not be vulnerable with any of your male friends. Can we talk about the biggest bombshell he dropped in the interview about his dad? Oh, that his dad was like my kind of guy. You're, he was like, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was you in yeah, 30, 10 years. Yeah. So he's a, he's a jockey agent. Yeah. I love that. Turned horse track lawyer. Yeah. Do you think he, because like jockeys are historically from underrepresented Minorities, do you uh -huh. think he was taking more than 15%? You think he was taking advantage of them? I'm asking. I mean, why begs was... the, he was a gambler, begs the question. I mean, why Why are we slandering his I'm dad? I'm not, I'm not. We yeah. love you, Mr. Malico. Yeah, I was... would like to know yes. what the cut is. Yes, what's the vig? You know, because like when, I don't want to compare it to, but you know, like when people bring over uh, workers from other countries and they like hold their visas, you know, you always hear these horror stories. Yeah. About how God, you really went down a really I went dark, a dark place. Hole there, yeah. Wow, well, I'd never heard of jockey agents. What do you think a jockey makes in a year? Well, the good ones definitely make seven figures, like the ones that you'll see at Bel, like the ones who have won Belmont or the Derby. Right. But I think probably eighty grand. I'm guessing. Right. What do you think? Theo, you Google what if the average jockey makes. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think a jockey makes? The average jockey. The average jockey, like just like, but we're talking the, about a professional, professional jockey. You're the 52nd ranked job. 25 grand. It can't be 25. Dude, have you seen the- the? the you think they live in the stables? You think the TikToks <laughs> going around, they, they interviewed at the US Open, all the all the tennis players who are under 50 ranked? They make 40 grand. Yeah, they make like 15 grand. I know. Yeah. The difference is- Yeah. It's huge pay, well- The difference is the jockey comp isn't dependent, I don't think, in the same way. Like tennis players basically are dependent on- making the finals or quarterfinals to actually make money. If they just are in the competition, they make like a hundred dollar flat fee or something bullshit. Right. But I think jockeys get paid by their training team uh, regardless. Right. They, they work for a company. They get W2. Right. So they get W2. They get W2. Okay. They okay. Get that's smart. Yeah, they're not got... 1099 like these tennis players. <laughs> yeah, so Wait, got... why don't we deal with this after? Oh, is this, oh, this is now. I know. I don't Wait, we'll get, you'll get the answer. He's yeah. got to get immediate results yeah. here, you know? So the median salary is about 48K. <laughs> what I said? I said 80? What'd you say? I said 25. You were closer. Yeah. The low end is 10K. Oh, yeah. God. So there's yeah. some some dark pits. That does not cover... Uh, what about their... First of all... The whips? If I'm a, no, I was going to say, if I'm a jockey, in my salary negotiation, I'm negotiating the highest PPO medical plan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because you get thrown from the horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like okay. MMA fighters who have no medical benefits. Right, they right, get five right. grand flat fee, yeah. sixty thousand dollar hospital bill. Yeah. All right, what's up? What's the high end? The high end is like two hundred seventy k. That's it. Well, that's the, if yeah, eighty fifth no, no. percentile is about two seventy k. Not highest. Look up number one jockeys. Yeah, highest paid jockey. Yeah, that's. What Did I ever tell you? Um, I went on a date with a horse veterinarian. 
I do recall. Didn't you live in Santa Ana? <laughs> I did. <laughs> did I ever tell you? I love when you say, did I ever tell you? Uh, yeah, you're right. Of course you right. told yeah. me. Yeah. So I asked her, you know, I'm like, you're a horse veterinarian at a, like, in a horse track, at a horse track or whatever. I'm like, you obviously love horses. Like, isn't it, isn't it like, what's the word? Like bad for the horses? Right. Inhumane? Yeah. Is it inhumane? So she said, I thought it was very interesting. She goes, horses who don't want to run don't become horse races, like uh, horse race horses. Right. Like they're just, they just become regular horses. And horses that love running, they run. And he's like, if you're a professional race horse, you, you're treated better than any horse on the planet. Right. Except if you're on that set of that show with David Milch. Luck. 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 <laughs> Who killed nine horses. Yeah. The ninth was the, not the charm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Highest paid jockey. Okay. We have a Japanese jockey. What's named his name? Yutaka Take. Okay. Okay. And he's made in his career $925 million. What? What? <laughs> no, no, that's so wrong. He's that totally can't wrong. There's like a right. whole top 10 list. Everybody's in like the 500 mils. Who These else? Guys name, see, see, throw some names out. The next one's also Japanese. Um, Norahiro Yokoyama, okay. 607 mil. <laughs> Keep going. I don't believe anything. It's in yen. It's got to be in yeah, yen. Yeah, that's a might, big drop off, though. That's yeah, like that must be in yen. Is it in yen? I'm getting dollars here. Okay, hold on. Next. That Arlie Money Money sign on here. <laughs> and then we got another Japanese guy, Yuchi Fukunaga, 561. Right, let's find some non-Japanese If we want the guy. American, the yeah. highest paid American. Or, or Hispanic, probably, Jackie. Is um, John... Oh man, <laughs> he can't pronounce the guy. John, that guy's Velasquez. Oh yeah, he's famous. Velasquez. Yeah. John Velasquez. Yeah, Jeff Velasquez. Is he American or is he Mexican? Whatever. He's he's yeah. he's not. I'm he's, just curious. Yeah, he's the highest earning jockey of all time in America. Okay, in America. Okay, and he made 430 million. What is this, right? dude? Do we do, do we, we totally diss John? We like, dude, Mr. Malika is rich. Yeah, fuck. Wait. He's making 30% of 400 No million? wonder he can throw his life away to make it a one-man one show. show. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's always a kid who's rich. No, Nepo baby. Nepo baby. Gabe Malika. Gabe Malika, Nepo Horse baby. Nepo, Horse baby. Nepo baby. Wow. Malika. Wow. Wow. And I totally look at him totally differently. I was like, oh, he's a hard-scrabbled kid. Yeah, hard-nosed. You know, hard-nosed. And now I'm like, oh, he, he made, even if he only was taking an un, a, a reasonable cut of 10%. Right. Wow. Velasquez. Unbelievable. But he gambled it all away. Couldn't have gambled at all. Unbelievable. Away. Well, interesting guy. Yeah, interesting guy. And you guys should see his show. Mm. So I want to mention he's going to be in Chicago December 20th to the 23rd. And uh, I believe it's GabeMalika.com. You can find him uh, on our, our socials. So I actually just looked up Theo's bold claim. Yeah. Of course. Why are we calling it? Should we call it erroneous? Because of Thelonious? <laughs> right, right. Thelonious, Thelonious, Thelonious. Yeah, Erroneous Thelonious. Erroneous Thelonious, yeah. like Amelia Bedelia's brother. <laughs> <laughs> because I believe he just said that uh, the number one horse jockey made $900 million <laughs> right. in earnings in his career, yeah. we called bullshit. Yeah. And of course, they were actually talking about the earnings of all the horses they raced for their owners. Right. I mean, that is still pretty good So he made $14.5 in 20 plus years. Right. Which sounds a little more reasonable. I was like, wait a minute. You're telling me that the horse jockey made more than LeBron or <laughs> right, Jordan right. or, you know, Tom Brady. Ronaldino, whatever. Yeah, what is, the, yeah, what is that yeah. Brazilian guy? Uh, By the way, if we should do an animated show based on the podcast and have a character erroneous, erroneous, erroneous. he just says shit that's wrong. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> he, he was go His Googling has gotten better, but then it just. That was, oh, that was, that was rough. That was tough. I mean, literally, if you Google highest earning horse jockeys, that's what comes up. But you so gotta, he's the kind of guy that doesn't read with yeah. context. He has, yeah. he has no 
You know what he doesn't have? Reading comprehension. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we got it, Felonius. Yeah. We got it. We're good. We got it. Do the outro. Let's get out of here. All right. Be good to yourself. Be good to your friends. Love, Love you, buddy. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... A charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.